normally you see a little kid go into the well house and he's talking to it and it starts talking back, I'd be like, okay, I'm done. Peace out. But Checked out. Yeah. <laughs> nothing good could come from that. Let's be real. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Men Staff with your hosts, Jamie Zarlingo and Nina Granger. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nina. So elephant in the room there is a pandemic going on right now it's crazy it is and so I just wanted to take a moment um first to just kind of talk about what to expect moving forward so we definitely want to still continue to do this podcast as much as we possibly can that might include us recording from home over zoom or we're gonna look into some options um or do some best of we're gonna we're gonna do our best in this time because again there's there's no real end in sight, so we don't really know how long we will be able to continue to come into the office and record as we are today, but we will do what we can. And two, I also just wanted to say for, you know, our travelers that listen to this, you know, you don't get to work from home. You are right there in it, in the thick of it. So I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you guys are doing every day, exposing yourself to God knows what and what you are seeing and experiencing. So I I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much for your service to the healthcare industry. It is sometimes a thankless service. Mm -hmm. And especially in times like these, when, you know, you're putting yourself at risk before anybody else, it probably feels especially thankless, but we appreciate you and all the work that you do. Yes. We wish you luck in the days, weeks, possibly months to come. So again, like I said, we're going to do our best to continue to do this podcast today. We are here and we are excited to talk about this new Netflix show called Lock and Key. So um, Lock and Key, we are actually going to have a guest, but as you can imagine, it's kind of hard to get people. Mm -hmm. Um, But we were excited to talk about it. Um, I was recommended the show by a few people in the office. One of our recruiters and Lane Andreessen, who is our director of IT, had talked about the show. Um, it was released on Netflix on February 7th, so it's only been out for about a month. It is 10 episodes. Each episode is about an hour long, and it is actually based on graphic novels by, uh, Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. Now, if you don't know who Joe Hill is, he is actually the son of Stephen King. I did not know that. Oh, you didn't? No, I'm not. Uh, as we've discussed before, I'm not a big uh, horror, horror person. Fan. Yeah. So I kind of stay away from the Stephen King-esque type things. So I, yeah, he kind of went, his actual name is Joseph Hillstrom King. Um, but he goes by the pen name Joe Hill. And I would assume that is so he could uh, have his own identity outside of his father. Because Stephen King is kind of a big name in the uh, in the book and film yeah. industry, you know, he's, everyone knows who he is. So uh, this is honestly the first thing of his that I've ever heard of, but he has written a few um, other uh, novels, Heart Shaped Box, Horns, um, NOS4A2, The Fireman, um, Short Story Collection, 20th Century Ghosts, and Strange Weather, and of course, what we're talking about, the comic book series Lock and Key, which uh, was out from 2008 to 2013. Um, I actually, now that I see Horns, I'm pretty sure that that was turned into a movie with um, Daniel Radcliffe. Did you ever hear about that? No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. Let me do a quick Google search. The movie's really weird. (laughs) It's literally, he like wakes up one day with horns on his head. Also, um... Stephen King's wife is also a horror novelist. Really? I did not know that. Can you imagine? like Family of authors. Yeah, both of your parents are like super scary authors. It is based on the movie Horns, which I have seen, came out in 2013, sorry, um, is based on the novel by Joe Hill. 
Cool. Fun fact. I learned something new today. Anyway, so the show Lock and Key again, 10 episodes. We have a handful of our main characters. Um, we have Nina Locke, um, who is the mother of the Locke family. She's played by Darby Stanchfield. I got to be honest with you guys. I don't really know anyone in the show. No. And it's I, kind of nice to have like a whole like fresh cast. I yes. Think. I guess she was in Scandal, which I did not watch Scandal. Oh, I didn't either. So Scandal fans, you'll know who she is. She's very pretty. She is. I'm Tyler Locke. He is the eldest son, played by Connor Jessup. He is known for, um, he's also a writer and a director. Interesting. Um, He was in Falling Skies and um, American Crime. Interesting. Uh, Kinsey Locke, who is the middle and only daughter of the family. Amelia Jones, she plays her. Um, I looked up her up. She's really not in a whole lot. Um, Bodie Locke, who is the youngest son, played by Jackson Robert Scott. And the only thing I knew him from, um, he's relatively young, so he doesn't have too much on his uh, repertoire. Uh, but he played Georgie in the It remake. So if you remember his small but memorable role. Um, We also have um, Scott Cavendish, who is a British student filmmaker at uh, the school, and he's the love interest of Kinsey, played by Patrice Jones. I loved him. I thought he was great. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have Dodge, who is also known as the well lady of the key house, and we learn a whole lot about her as the show goes on, played by Laisla de Oliveira. She looked so familiar to me, but I don't know why. I, yeah, I had no idea. Um, And then uh, another main character, Gabe, a new student at Matheson Academy, and is another love interest of Kinsey, played by Griffin Gluck. Again, not really in anything that I've heard of. But like I said, this this show is full of, I don't want to say unknowns, Mm -hmm. but um, not, you know, huge names. Um, but like Nina says, it's kind of refreshing to have, uh, you know, a new cast of people mm-hmm. that we've never really seen before. I'm kind of a person that if I'm going to watch something, I prefer like naturally just to know, recognize actors in it. Yeah. So knowing that we were going to be reviewing this, like it's probably something that I would have not normally gone out of my way to watch because I didn't recognize anybody in the cast for it. But True. I really, yeah, it was, it was a refreshing thing that. I went out of my comfort zone again. Me too. You know, when I saw previews for this, you know, on on Netflix, when you Mm -hmm. open it up and it will usually have some sort of like featured show or something new. Um, I saw this uh, last month and I was kind of, I I just kind of dismissed it. I'm like, eh. Yeah. But I'd heard a lot of people said that they thought it was great. It was written by Stephen King's son. Um, So I... And after we had been recommended it by a few people here, I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's let's get into it. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk about the basic plot. Spoilers ahead. Uh, we don't want to spend too much time on each individual episode, but a lot happens in this show. So this first half is going to be a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So like the main premise of the show is the Locke family. The father dies or he's is he already dead? Mm-hmm. OK, so uh, the father dies in the very beginning or is already dead and so the Locke family is relocating from their f- home in seattle to uh matheson which is like near like boston i think yeah, it's in massachusetts somewhere in massachusetts mm-hmm. like a little uh fish town um if, if that's the right term for you northeasterners i don't really know um but yeah so they're relocating to uh the Locke family it's like a mansion like an old like mm-hmm. victorian house kind of out in the middle of nowhere uh, it is where uh, the father, whose name is Rendell, uh, who I called an off-brand Keanu Reeves. Oh, I can kind of do that. He I kept of, thinking that he looked really familiar, too, and I just couldn't figure out why. He just, like, his whole demeanor reminded me off-brand. of Keanu Reeves. So that's why I called him that. <laughs> I Jake, like it. Jake watched it with me, and he was like, I agree. Uh, but, but, yeah, so it's his family home, um, and I don't think... From what we know, uh, Nina and the kids, they don't really know hardly anything about their father's family or his childhood, Mm -hmm. or he just left this area and I think moved to Seattle. Yeah. 
um, after so. high school. And uh, so, but they do know their uncle Duncan, who is Rendell's younger brother, who has been taking care of the house. So they go to the house and uh, in the first episode, Duncan kind of says, like, you get this very ominous feeling to the house. Like there's something not quite right about it. Um, and he says something to, along the lines to Nina, of like, you know, like, I like I don't know why you picked this house. Like, I don't know why you decided to come here. And she just wanted a fresh start for her family. You find out that Rendell was murdered by a... Uh, so Rendell was the principal at their high school. Oh, that the, the guidance counselor. Or guidance counselor, sorry. Mm-hmm. He was working with a student named Sam who, through a series of flashbacks, you see was kind of troubled, came from a, a broken home, abusive father. Um, so he, had, he had problems. And so Rendell, being the guidance counselor, was talking to him, trying to work with him. And we see a scene where I think Nina and Rendell did real estate together and so they were like working on a house or something and sam shows up with a gun and is asking tell me about the keys tell me about the key house and we don't know anything about what the key house is yet so it's very confusing in the beginning on Mm -hmm. what exactly is going on uh he shoots nina in the leg i think and then rendell goes to stop him and then ends up getting killed that way um, again, through a series of flashbacks, we see that Kinsey took Bodie. They hid. The mom hits uh, Sam over the head with a hammer. He's in prison. That's all we really know for the first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. So flashback to the present. They're at the house, and uh, Bodie is very adventurous, and he wants to learn more about the house. So he goes exploring, and he goes to the well house, which is uh, kind of... It's not like boarded off, but there's like nothing really there and it hasn't really been taken care of. But the door to the well house is locked, but he's little, he's just a little, little skinny guy and he can like fit squeezes through the bars his way in. to get into it. And so he starts calling down to the well and he hears somebody call back. And this is where things start to get spooky. So the overall <laughs> tone of the show is like, it's spooky, but it's not scary. Mm-hmm. It's not like a horror film, but it has some scary elements. But I thought it was fun. Like I liked the scares and like the the kind of creepy overall tone of the show was a lot of fun for me. Yeah, for me too. And I think that once I realized that, I mean, so normally you see a little kid go into the well house and he's talking to it and it starts talking back. I'd be like, okay, I'm done. Peace out. But checked out. Yeah. <laughs> nothing good could come from that. Let's be real. But um I compare it a lot, I think, to Stranger Things kind yeah. of for people that have seen that. It's spooky in a like fantasy kind of way. It's yeah. like a I saw it written online that somebody had described it as a magical fantasy adolescent drama. Yeah. Which is pretty accurate. I would I would agree. Yeah. So the kids are starting their new school. So Bodie's able to kind of explore the house because his school doesn't start yet. So the two older kids and are they like twins or are they just really close in age? Really close in age. Okay. And they're both in high school. So Kinsey and Tyler start high school and they immediately kind of go off into their own cliques, if you will. Um, So Tyler played hockey at his old school, so he kind of falls in with the jocks, and he meets this girl that he starts to uh, have feelings for Jackie. And they meet at a party that he goes to. And uh, their story goes on a little bit, um, but not quite yet. It doesn't quite take off. So he kind of falls in with, you know, the jocks. And Kinsey doesn't really have friends. She's really shy. She, um, and everyone already knows who this family is. They know about the key or the lock house. They, you know, have heard stories that, people go crazy who go there or it's haunted or whatever and they know what happened to their father so they're already kind of outcasted as you know these the the kids whose dad died you Mm -hmm. know like they already are branded as weird and Kinsey is already just kind of weird on her own so she goes to have lunch by herself and that's when Scott comes and finds her he tells her that he has this group of friends where they are really into like horror movies and uh filmmaking and she kind of falls in with them and starts to fall for Scott. Um, back to the house. So um, when, so Bodie is starting to hear all these like whispers, and uh, that's where he finds the first key. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but is there a new key found in every episode? I don't think so. There's ten episodes. I don't think they had ten keys. So. 
there's what, what's cool about this house and it's called the key house i've said that a couple times already there are magical keys hidden throughout the house and you have to listen for them mm-hmm. and you find out kind of as the show goes on that it's you know being magic kids are more prone to being able to to see it to hear it mm-hmm. um so bodhi being the youngest and being the most i guess innocent um, starts hearing these echoes first. That's what leads him to the well house where he hears a voice in the well calling herself his echo. Um, and he had found the anywhere key and that it can be used on any door to travel to a place he has seen and encourages him to find more keys for her. Um, so that's when he uh, he tries to start telling his siblings about it. They don't believe him. They think he's just, you know, has a crazy imagination. But he uses a key and goes to the ice cream shop, comes back with an ice cream cone, um, and then he finds another key called the mirror key. And he asks the well lady, as he calls her about it, she says, oh, that key can bring back, um, show you like people who have died. And so he wants to find his dad. So he opens a portal to a dimension um, that falsely reflects one's true self. Um, he tells his mom, like, mom, come here, come see it. And it's really creepy because mm-hmm. once you use that key through the mirror, it's like you is like beckoning you to come through. And so she walks through the mirror and she gets stuck in it. She can't get out. And like all these, like it's almost like a fun house where she sees all these different versions of herself. The mirrors all start cracking. She's stuck in there. And so Bodhi has to send Tyler in there with like a rope wrapped around him mm-hmm. to pull her back out. And that's when we start to see that these keys, well, two different things. One, that the keys are not toys. They are can do really cool things, but can also do bad things mm-hmm. at the same time. And that's also when we learn that the well lady might not be trustworthy. She does not look trustworthy, to be no. honest. I don't know why Bodhi <laughs> is, like, into her at first. Probably because she's saying that he she's his echo, and, and he's like, oh, this is cool, you know. I have a friend now in, in this foreign city, but she's definitely super creepy from the get-go, and I don't know why he listens to her, but no. he does for a little bit. Well, the same kid who played Georgie listened to a clown in a well or a sewer, I should say. So this kid just has a history of believing people he shouldn't. So um, the cool, I'm actually looking at the Wikipedia page because again, there's so much that happens. I don't want to miss any of it, but it tells you in each episode, which keys are discovered. So I thought that was kind of cool. So this one, we discovered the anywhere key and the mirror key. So at the end, uh, we, is with the mirror sequence, they get pulled back out and, uh, this is when the well lady takes, he asks, the well lady asks Bodhi, he's, he co- he goes to the well to ask her for help because his mom is stuck in the mirror and she's like, give me the anywhere key and I can help you. And then she just leaves mm-hmm. and she takes the key with her. So now she is able to go wherever she wants and she escapes the well. Uh, so then they find out that... Uh, Nina has no recollection of being trapped in the mirror. So that's, again, where we kind of get the idea that kids are more susceptible to the magic, I Mm -hmm. guess. And adults really don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in the first episode, they also talk to um, the brother. Duncan. Duncan, yes. Um, And he's saying that there's, like, parts of his childhood. So, like, Duncan and Rendell grew up in this house but Duncan, like, doesn't remember a whole chunk of his childhood, which is really strange. Like, they keep asking him questions, and he's like, I just don't really remember. I just don't really remember. Yes. Another character we didn't bring up was Ellie, who was a childhood friend of Rendell. Mm-hmm. And she comes to kind of, uh, like, I don't know, just meet the family. And her son, Rufus, does a lot of, like, the groundskeeping. And so they come to visit. This is also when we find out that um, Nina is sober. She's six years sober. She has a drinking problem, or had a drinking problem, I should say, was an alcoholic, um, which is kind of important later. Mm-hmm. A lot um, happens in the first episode. Yeah. A ton. You learn a lot, you meet a lot of people, and it's a little confusing at first, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, when, so Bodhi and Rufus kind of become friends, and um, they both have these, like, like G.I. Joes, basically, 
Um, so they kind of bond over that and they're, uh, so Bodhi asks Rufus, like, what would you, what would be a weapon that you'd use to protect yourself from something you don't like quite know what it is? And Rufus is kind of like, um, what? So he tells him that, uh, he should set up like a bear trap, which, um, the echo, she, or the well lady quickly, like she, comes back into Bodhi's room from like a carnival and she has this like stuffed bear and she's like oh what's this pretending she doesn't know what it is and it like snatches the bear and so she basically threatens Bodhi like you need to uh bring me the keys you need to do what I say or bad things are going to happen to you and your family Bodhi finds another key which we learn is the head key and uh he goes to a like a convenience store and he sees a lock on the back of somebody's neck and this was so cool when you first find out about the head key because he like goes to reach over to like put the key in the guy's neck and then he turns around so then he tries it at home and the head key allows you to go into a person's head and I thought that these sequences were definitely the coolest Mm -hmm. they go into Bodhi's head and it's kind of like a carnival they go into Kinsey's head and it's set up like a mall and this is where she when they go into her head um this is obviously when his brother and sister finally start to believe him they don't think he's crazy um they she has this like monster in her head that is her fear and so she goes into her head takes the fear out and like she kills it essentially and buries it outside of their house and so now she is like fearless yeah she's fearless and she's rebellious and she dyes her hair these weird colors and she um is just a completely different person which definitely comes into play later on Additionally, in like the third episode, Bodhi finds the ghost key, which is really cool. It allows you to astral project yourself and speak to the dead. So we got to speak to his great-great-grandfather, who mentions Rendell and Duncan and visited him often when they were younger. Nina meets Ellie, Rendell's old friend. Okay, so this is when he meets, Nina meets Ellie for the first time. And when Nina mentions Bodhi searching the well house, Ellie becomes gravely concerned. Bodhi learns from Rufus that the well house played a morbid role in the past and could be haunted. Um, And when Bodhi flips through a book on the history of Matheson, he finds a moving picture of Echo on a photograph of the well house. Um, Talking more with Ellie, Nina learns that most of Rendell's friends are dead. She found, she was looking through his old stuff, found this photo of him and his friends. And he learns that she learns that a lot of them have died and um mark and the like first scene of the show mark you see this guy he gets a call we don't know who it's from saying that rendell Locke died and he like stabs himself in the chest with a key sets him on fire sets his house on fire we don't know why he does that yet but we find out later um outside of ellie only aaron is alive but she lives in a psychiatric facility there's a picture of Rendell when he's younger and there's like you know like eight people his group of like closest friends and so they keep referring back to this picture during the show that like okay everybody that's left in this picture there's literally like three people or two people that are still living one of them is Ellie and then the other is Aaron who's in a psych ward yeah and we don't know why but there is a scene and I don't know if it's in this episode or the next one where uh Echo who we later I'm just gonna call her what Dodge is what she calls herself um she actually goes to visit Aaron and like taunts her in the in the uh psych ward basically saying like all your friends are dead it's not my fault but they are and you don't really know why uh meanwhile Kinsey and Scott are starting their romance is starting to blossom um, and then Dodge tries to take the ghost key from Bodhi, but he realizes that she can only take it if he willingly gives it to her, which is interesting. She disappears and returns to Sam, who is in prison, and gives him a key and instructions on what to do next. Then Tyler and Kinsey are dr- drawn to another key, which they find is the puppet key with a music box. And this allows you to control other people, which Kinsey uses against like a mean girl in school, causes her to like completely embarrass herself which really turns like scott off and this is where we meet gabe who like shows mm-hmm. up and i knew from the beginning that there was something weird about gabe like i was just like something's not right about this kid they don't know who he is he kind of just shows up mm-hmm. and he's like super interested in all these weird things that kinsey's doing 
So I kind of knew right away that there was something off about this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler warns Kinsey about u- abusing the key powers, not wanting to draw attention. Um, and that night they find a flower ended key in a graveyard. And when they use it, they find several paint jars that appear to contain someone's memories. And they find out that they are Duncan's memories. So remember we said that Duncan doesn't remember a lot about his childhood. They start looking at all these different memories and they see one where their father is killing somebody like just hitting somebody over the head and they're like well dad would never do this Mm -hmm. what is this they're very confused about what they find uh but they uh will learn more about that later um let's see they also don't know anything about rendell's friends before yeah um so when ellie comes along nina is like oh i didn't know that rendell like had any friends that still lived here in town and and Ellie is like, well, yeah, but a bunch of our friends died in a drowning accident right. in high school. And Nina's like, what? Like, how, why would Rendell never say anything about that? And then when she brings it up to Duncan, Duncan doesn't remember anything about it either. She's right. like, don't you remember Rendell's friends that all died? And like three of them died in this drowning accident. And Duncan's like, no, I don't remember. How would I like, why do I not remember anything about that? That's so yeah. weird. And then there's a scene where Kinsey, she takes some of these jars and brings them to Duncan and she, they, yeah, they deduct that they're his memories. So she's like, do you remember this? Do you know what this is? And he, like, he's looking at it and it's it's very painful for him. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as she puts them away, she's like, I am so sorry. I shouldn't have done this. He's like, shouldn't have done what? It, like, he completely forgot what just happened. Mm-hmm. So that's what, again, with, you know, the adults not really being able to understand or believe any of these magical things that are happening. Which is really strange at this point because Duncan doesn't remember anything that's happening, but Ellie seems to have like an inkling about this and she knows that she's kind of like creeping around, honestly. Yeah. She's really inserting herself into the Locks' lives and is showing up at their house and yeah. um, kind of hanging around and you kind of just get the feeling that she knows something. She knows something she's not telling us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another character, he has a pretty small part. His name is Joe. Um, and he works at the school, does, doesn't he? He's like the, is he the principal? Or is he the new guidance counselor? Or I, he just works at the school. I know that. Yeah. I don't know if he's a teacher or. But he's, he's there. Like at the school. And um, he's been talking with Ellie too, because she's kind of, con- you know, confused on Rendell's past. And um, Nina becomes suspicious of a scar on Ellie's chest that is identical to one that Rendell had. She refuses to say anything about it. Um, but Nina approaches Joe about it. He suggests the scars are from the old friends having shared the same traumatic experience in the past. And at the end of the episode, Joe has died of suffocation. He had a plastic bag over his head and they're, dedu- they're deducing it as a suicide. But Ellie knows, or not Ellie, Nina knows that it wasn't. She just knew, he left her this really ominous voicemail before that he saw something. He needs her to see it. Uh, but the uh the detective that she's talking to which they kind of like spark up not a friendship or a relationship she kind of gets close with the with the detective as the show goes on Mm -hmm. but he's like we have to go off of evidence we're going suicide there's nothing that would have said otherwise we've talked to a bunch of people they all said he was lonely um so that's just kind of the just what they're going with but she knows that that's not true Kinsey convinces the uh, Savini squad, I never said the name, but her group of friends that like the horror movies, to film in the caves as a pretext to explore further. Like, she knows that there's something that something is in there based on the memory she saw of Duncan's um, and just based on the fact that there was the drowning. So um, she finds a door down there. She keeps taking them in further and further and they keep saying, like, no, we're good. We don't need to go in farther. But because she doesn't have fear, she's making all of these, you know, very you know, rash decisions, not really, yeah, risky decisions, not really thinking about it. So she goes in there and finds this door and it's glowing and she's like, cannot be pulled away from it. Mm -hmm. So then the tide comes in and they're all trying to escape. They have to abandon all of their equipment. They almost drown. But, uh, Gabe is actually who pulls, uh, Kinsey back. Uh, Scott's really upset and he's like, I can't believe, you know, I shouldn't have trusted you. But Gabe is like, hey, you know, I'm with you here. And he, and this is when I started to get suspicious of him. And he's asking about, you know, what about this door? Do you think there's a key to it? Where would it be? Like, mm-hmm. just very, like, asking questions that he probably shouldn't, in my opinion. 
unless he already knows something. Right. Um, so if you remember, Sam was given a key by Dodge. It's the matchstick key that we saw Mark use at the beginning. So he basically sets the prison on fire and escapes. And he goes back to the key house to uh, continue what he was set out to do in the first place. So this is where we learn more about what he was doing. So basically, Dodge, why this kid? Do we ever learn why she just picks him to do her bidding? I think she just realizes that he is like a vulnerable child that because her other his other siblings are older and probably would know better and and he doesn't yeah she just takes advantage of that so yeah she she takes advantage of the sam kid tells him to basically finish what they started he goes back to this is where we have some flashbacks of of sam being in school and rendell trying to mentor him and then that's when we learn just kind of what caused sam to shoot Rendell was because he was working for Dodge so Sam comes to the to the Locke's house he takes them hostage and he demands they turn over the head key this is what Dodge is telling him that she needs uh Kinsey claims it's buried outside and she directs him to where she buried her fear so fear attacks him and they escape uh Tyler helps free his mom and when Sam returns uh, after overpowering Kinsey's fear, he uses the head key on him. Sam's real self is apologetic. Sam removes the head key from his neck just as Dodge appears. She mortally stabs him, takes the head key, as well as the other keys, before disappearing. And when the police arrive, I thought this was kind of sad. Yeah. Sam tries to leave through the door, but he realized it was the ghost key. So he dies, basically. Yeah. And he's forever an astral projection of himself i guess it's really sad it is like he kind of redeems himself just to die which is sad Mm -hmm. uh because of all this going on nina starts drinking again and so she uh which causes her to start remembering some of the events she talks about the mirror door and um there's another key with a cabinet that can restore damaged items. Basically, you could break something, put it in there, and it gets fixed. So she starts doing that. She even tries to put the ashes of her husband in there. Oh, that was heartbreaking. It was very sad. I was like, oh, poor thing. And then she she's, like, really mad, and she smashes it. And then they find that that is where, like, Rendell had... They find through some, like, flashbacks, I think, that he had stored the Omega key, which is what we find out unlocks that door in the caves that he had stored it in his own head. So the ashes, which is really weird. How did he get in there? How did the, what? How did he get the key in his head? He just put it in there as a kid, I guess. And he left it in there. How did he get it in there? I don't know. Stick it through his ear? What? Well, he must have like unlocked it. He must have used the head key, put the Omega key in his head and then come out. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. So, yeah, he must have put that in there to protect everybody. Uh, But then when uh, Nina smashes the urn, the key is in with the ashes. So they find the Omega key. And uh, we also learn there's another key, the identity key, which allows you to change your appearance, which comes in to play later. Um, and then the show, the last couple episodes are where things re- like shit really hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn the truth about Ellie and her connection with Rendell and all of their friends. We basically find out that this group of friends and why they all have the same scar, which is a tattoo of the Omega symbol. We learn that they all uh, found the keys in the house and they uh, kind of just became like, what did they call themselves? The... They, they had a name for themselves. It was like the keeper of the keepers of the keys, something like that. Uh, but they, they kind of formed this group where they, you know, explored all these keys and had fun with these keys and not realizing how dangerous they were. And then they went down to the caves, opened that door and these like bullets started shooting out, hit Lucas, who was Ellie's boyfriend, Mm -hmm. and he became possessed by a demon, and they show this flashback, which goes back to the one that we saw of Duncan, 
when he saw Rundle hitting somebody over the head, that was Lucas because Lucas like goes nuts Mm -hmm. and is like, give me all the keys. He kills two of their friends. And so then they have to kill him. So the group basically makes a pact. We won't tell anybody the truth about this. We will fake their drownings. And then after that, they all hold on to the keys and are like, we're going to protect these. Make sure nobody messes with these again. Mm -hmm. We also learn because Kinsey goes and visits Aaron in the psych ward that Dodge is Lucas. So basically, Lucas is changing his appearance to look like this Dodge person. And we learn more about that in the last episode that Ellie, there is a key, the echo key that allows you to bring people back from the dead. So she, after her boyfriend was killed, never really got over it. So she uses the echo key to bring Lucas back, but it wasn't really Lucas. It was the demon. And so uh, that pretty much, that's why she says everything's my fault because bringing him back is what got Rendell killed. It's what made Mark kill himself because Mark didn't want anyone to go into his head and find out all these secrets. So he just sacrificed himself basically. And then we find out about the shadow key and the shadow key goes with this like crown of shadows, which basically allows you to like force people to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very evil key. And Dodge takes that key and the crown at the end of episode nine to Billie Eilish's uh, song. I think it's just called crown, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I liked that. Uh, So the final episode is just kind of like, a battle with Dodge trying to get the keys back. I'm um, trying to save everyone. And uh, there's a scene where uh, it was at the end of episode nine, where uh, Dodge is in Ellie's house. Cause Ellie goes back to her house to get the crown. Cause she, they show a scene where she takes it from the house when the locks first move in, I think to protect it or something. And, uh, she is hit over the head by Dodge. And so in the final episode, in the battle in the house, they are trying to get rid of Dodge. And the only way you can do that is to basically lock them in the well house. Or they're like, what if we just send her back through the Omega door? So they go down, they take her down. They somehow knock her out. You don't mm-hmm. really know how. And throw her through the door and she like kind of disappears into oblivion and we're all like when i watched that i was like there's no way it would be that easy no for sure so you learn at the very end you think everything goes back to normal uh ellie goes missing and as soon as you hear that you're like Mm -hmm. okay something's not right so basically the final episode leaves it open to the Dodge actually used the identity key on Ellie to make her look like Dodge. So they thought they were sending Dodge through the door, but it was actually Ellie who was now trapped there. So Dodge slash the demon is still in our world. And we also learned that Gabe is, is he also like, I was a little confused by the last episode. So uh, when they're sending dodge slash ellie through the door the popular girl what was her name i don't remember whatever her name was who was helping them she gets shot with one of the bullets so now is she possessed by a demon too so now there's so now there's two demons and it's whoever is in the popular girl whose name is eden that's what it is she's possessed and uh let me just read the description for the final episode Tyler and Kinsey send Dodge back through the Omega door with the help of Scott, Gabe, Jackie, and Eden. Bodie finds Rufus injured but alive but discovers no sign of Ellie. Rufus is sent to live with his aunt in Nebraska. The locks decide to stay in Matheson. Kinsey starts dating Gabe, unaware he is another form of Dodge. Okay, so that's what I thought. So Gabe is not a real person. Gabe is just another form of Dodge. Mm -hmm. And they kind of show these flashbacks of different things that... Gabe said, like, asking about the Omega door, asking about the keys, like, was super interested in Kinsey and, like, what she was doing and trying to infiltrate her. So it leaves it open to another season with these two demons, and the keys are in danger again. So 
I'm really sorry if that was kind of all over the place, but it's this show, a lot. this show is, I wouldn't say the show is all over the place. It's pretty easy to follow, but it's just, there's a lot that happens. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a lot to not take one in. of those ones that you can passively watch while like texting or like no. just surfing the internet. You have to like literally watch it to know what's going on. Yeah. This is not a show. Yeah. That you can have playing in the background. You need to pay attention or you will miss something. I found myself, not that I got bored, but like I'd like look at my phone, especially since I've been working from home a lot and I'd be watching the show at the same time. Can't do it. You no. have to sit there and watch it. But it's a good show. I think it's fun and I think it's, I love the magical element to it. It's kind of like a mystery too. In addition to being a drama, the characters are fun and it's not too scary. So like if, you, if you're like Nina here and you mm-hmm. don't like scary stuff, but you like you know, kind of fantasy It was like mystery. fantasy suspense kind of. Yeah. Like I said, it's a lot like Stranger Things. If you can get through Stranger Things, yeah. okay, you can definitely get through this. Okay. Absolutely. Rich compared it. He said it was like Haunting of Hill House, but Nancy Drew style. So if you're familiar with Haunting of Hill House, that show is very scary. Yeah, I'm not watching that. But this is not like that at all. It's not scary. But it has that same kind of like Mm-hmm. creepy element you have to, to it. remember that it is based on a comic book so it's yeah. gonna be like adolescent yes targeted it sure is well we're gonna talk more about this show but first let's talk about what else we're watching all right nina what else are you watching what else am I watching? I don't even know. Um, I started kind of watching, um, what's it called? I watched I the look. Aladdin live action remake. Oh, did you like it? I did. I did too. It was, you know, I didn't like how it started. It felt kind of, I don't know, like the first like 15 minutes, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, but it really grew on me. As I, I really watched liked it. it. I, I mean, would, as long as you're not comparing it, like, you just can't compare it to the cartoon version. Like, everybody was no. so mad that it was, you know, obviously not Robin Williams as the yeah. genie, but Will Smith. And if you're not comparing those two things, then it's just, I mean, they're just different. They're different. Different actors. And I, I'm not 100% familiar with the Aladdin musical, but I think that the movie was more like the musical because oh, there was really? more songs. Like uh, Jasmine had way more like uh-huh. songs in the movie. And I think, I could be wrong, our Disney experts out there, please let me know. But I'm pretty sure that it was more like the musical. like with, Or maybe there was new songs. Honestly, I don't know. But I liked it. I thought everybody did great. It was visually stunning and... I think, you know, Will Smith did, he made it his own. He didn't try to be Robin Williams' genie. He was his own genie and he was fun. And I loved how, you know, the scene where they go to the party and he's just like, you're not going to kill my vibe. Like he's like getting all up in Aladdin. Like, like I, you know, I don't know. It was funny. I liked it. I was a fan. Yeah, I was too. Um, I watched, or I started watching a show called Pandemic. That's on Netflix. That's why I couldn't remember what it was I called. I have heard that that is the wrong thing to watch right now. Yeah. I mean, that's what drew me to it. I was like, man, it, I knew that there just wasn't really anything like what's going on right now um, since like the 20s. So yep. in our lifetime and in our parents' lifetimes and even in some people's grandparents' lifetimes, there's yeah. just been nothing like this. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of a – I've not been super into it. Like it's kind, it's it's like, like a documentary. Like it's, oh, you know, okay. Um, though a show that's a Hulu original that I really want to watch that just came out is Little Fires Everywhere. Yes, with Reese, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Witherspoon. Carrie Washington. Yeah. Yes. So that's my on my watch list. Um, I don't know. They released three episodes at the same time. Oh, okay. So and that was today, the eighteenth. Yeah. Oh, so three episodes just came there out you today. Go. I've been like kind of anticipating that. Also, um, Ozark comes out this month. And there was another one that I wanted to watch that was coming out this month. Yeah, you know, with like public events being canceled and Mm -hmm. people being encouraged, unless they're at work, to stay home. Although I know for our, you know, our healthcare uh, workers out there are working ridiculous hours right now. They're basically like, if you can work, come in. But if you do have some time at home, there's a lot of good stuff out there right now mm-hmm. and a lot of good stuff coming. Um, I really wanted to see The Invisible Man in theaters. That was on my list. I, we were going to go see it on Tuesday before they closed the yeah. movie theaters down. 
Um, but they are everything that's in theaters. They're releasing to like on demand, so you can. Really? But it's like I mean, it's like twenty dollars to oh, rent it damn. for forty eight hours. I'm like, oh, that's more than a movie ticket. <laughs> It's expensive, but well, hey, you don't have to like you don't have to buy any of the like snacks or anything. That is true. You can just have, you know, your. That's the thing, like with uh, movie theaters. I want to talk about that for a second. I feel like they were dying out a little bit once Netflix and these streaming platforms really started to take off about ten years ago. I'd say Netflix more than anything um, was kind of like the king for a while. Then Mm -hmm. all these other ones spawned from it, but. They didn't used to have bars in movie theaters. Like now it's like a full experience. It used to just be, you know, popcorn and candy. And now it's, you can get a full meal. You can get drinks and they're very expensive, but they're good. And now a lot of, there's a Alamo Draft House. Mm -hmm. They do, they'll do like specials or throwback movies. And those are one of the theaters where they actually like deliver you the food or you can bring the food in uh, from the bar. Yeah, I love and, it. Yeah, I like that place a lot. And they will usually have themed drinks to whatever it is you're watching. So they've really kind of revolutionized the experience of seeing a movie. And speaking of experiences, so A Quiet Place 2 was supposed to come out oh, sometime this month. I also want to see that really bad. But they postponed that because they want people to be able to experience it oh, in you have theaters. To. Did you see the first one in theaters? I did not. Okay. I it was it at home. like the best experience of for a movie that I think I've ever been in because I, like as you know in the movie they they say like literally two sentences like total in the entire movie. Yeah, I heard that and tell me about it. Like was it just like I mean if somebody even coughed was yeah, it like I mean, shut up. Yeah, for sure. It was completely silent in the theater i remember we were eating we went to um a marcus theater in like the dining experience in in service dining i feel Um, like that's the wrong movie yeah it was a mistake because we were eating like pizza that was a thin crust it was really crunchy and i just kept being like don't look at me (laughs) nobody look at me don't judge me (laughs) there's just something to be said about (laughs) seeing movies in theaters whatever it is like i just i love that experience of being with other people Mm -hmm. seeing something for the first time especially like midnight showings i used to go to those all the time yeah especially for like harry potter and yeah like the big chain stuff like yeah. avengers harry potter that's it's, i don't think i'll ever phase out of like being a movie theater person i just really i love like going to, go. to the movies mm-hmm. my husband does not like going to the movies so. oh man if they the places that have the reclining chairs like i love and it and you can bring a blanket like mm-hmm. it's just so much more like they try to make it more like home and like mm-hmm. a true experience, it's not just going to see a movie, which like going to see a movie is, is an experience on its own, but they are really trying to make sure people still come into the theaters and I'm all about it. Like I'll spend $50 at the movies. I don't care. Yeah, I love it too. And I, there's just such a big difference to me between watching a movie at home where I can easily like turn it off and go to bed, which is like yeah. always the temptation. Like we'll always sit down to watch a movie and I'll be like, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Same. And you can't or do you that just in the fall movie asleep during it. <laughs> yes. I feel like I can't. Well, that's not true. I have fallen asleep in the movie theater a couple of times, but I try really hard not to because like you're paying for it. Like yeah. you're not just like at home and it's, oh, this movie's on Netflix. I'm going to watch it. Like you're there and you are not going to have this opportunity again unless you, you know, go and see it again and spend more money. But yeah, I, I love the theaters and I can't wait until they open again. Yes. During uh, our quarantine this weekend, my husband and I watched that Harley Quinn movie. Oh, Birds of Prey. That, what did you it think was of that? actually really good. Like it had really bad reviews. Um, I don't know if it was because of the name or something, but because the name is like super long. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So this weekend we watched Birds of Prey, which is a Harley Quinn movie. And we watched Knives Out. How was that? They were both good. Um, Knives Out was really good. I've heard that movie was really good. Yes. I don't know what you can really compare it to. Maybe um, like Clue? Yeah. Maybe, kind of kind like of. Clue. Yeah. Um, but what I really like about it is that it's kind of it's shot kind of like um, like a reality show. So they have they take like each person aside and like interview them oh. throughout the movie. So you're like. You're, they're like interviewing this character because it's like a, a murder investigation, right? So it's um, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I like it's that. it's shot in a really unique way. It was good. The characters are good. All the actors are great. 
fun. Yeah. I wanted to see that when that came out. I actually, over Thanksgiving, I think it came out Thanksgiving weekend, and I was in Illinois with uh, my, my in-laws, and they went and saw it, but I had my mm. son with me, and um, I wasn't able to leave him at the time, but, you know, hey can watch it from home now right um have you caught up on this is us yet no i knew you're gonna oh ask my me that god too. i'm caught up as um outside of the sh- the one that aired this week oh uh, you oof. yes you i saw it to a watch bunch it of people were like oh my god is everybody watching this is us and i was like no it's wild and the last episode it was kind of they always you know they have the episode and then they're like next week is that do the a little, last episode of the season next week is oh okay. so yeah okay. this coming tuesday the whatever that whatever day that is hold on i don't know i i don't even know what day it is anymore Mm-mm. like it's just such a weird time i thought it was thursday all the day the 24th i did too That's i thought it was thursday so too uh the well when this airs it's technically saturday whatever uh, time it does not exist the 24th will be the last episode of the season and they did a little preview for it and it looks crazy i'm gonna have to watch it i actually work a shift at the hospital on sunday so if i'm not x-raying a whole bunch of coronavirus patients i will be watching awesome. and catching up i don't know if i've ever said but if you guys are interested in watching this is us because we have talked about it quite a bit uh, it is currently on Hulu, but it is li- it is being broadcast live on NBC every week, but it is available mm-hmm. for streaming on Hulu the next day. It is now up to four seasons. I think they've been renewed up to six seasons. Really? This is, it's definitely one of my favorite shows of all time. I love it. It's just great storytelling mm-hmm. and great characters, and it's definitely something that uh i follow the facebook page and all of the comments are like middle-aged women (laughs) who are thirsty over jack but hey he's attractive um but definitely kind of that demographic like like women especially but i mean honestly anyone can watch this show like it's a good show got it has a great story yes i love it um that's pretty much all I'm. Wa- I'm still watching Glee. I'm like, oh my god, why? I don't know. I have to finish it now. But I'm at. I'm at about the point where I stopped watching mm-hmm. before. So what more could really happen? If you <laughs> would not believe there are like puppets and it's oh. yeah, it's ridiculous. But uh, I don't know. With all this quarantining and locking down. There are so many things I want to watch, maybe even rewatch. Like, I kind of want to rewatch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel oh, because I, I never saw show. the second or the third season. Oh, watch so it. So, I want so to do that. I was I, listening to a podcast today that was talking about um, Sex and the City, and I kind of want to rewatch it. I never watched Sex and the City. Hmm. I kind of want to watch it. Did you? So, I posted on the Facebook group uh, by the time this airs a couple of days ago about how Netflix is doing a if you are unable to hang out with your friends but you have like movie nights or you want to watch a show together that you can actually do that online it's basically like a hangout through Netflix you guys can chat I actually really want to try this I love that it's really I think it idea. would be kind of fun especially for us for this show if we wanted to watch a movie together and kind of talk about it there uh, we would still review it but I think that would be yeah. kind of fun something Love to think it. about um and kind of speaking of re-watching shows again because some of us might be quarantined um what are some shows that you guys are binge watching right now or are re-watching because you have the time let us know because even if we don't review it i'm looking for stuff to watch to kind of it's it's weird like watching shows right now and seeing like kids just like going out to a coffee shop and i'm like oh remember when yes <laughs> like, i wish it, i could go to a coffee it shop it feels weird like it just it feels like a different like universe I, I was saying to somebody earlier it feels like we're in a different like simulation of earth it's very it's very weird time for sure but uh yeah let us know what else you're watching and for now that is what else we are watching All right, let's uh, wrap up our review of Lock and Key. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the background. Again, it was uh, based on the graphic novel slash comic book by Joe Hill. Um, But this is interesting. It was originally developed as a television series by Fox 
during the 2010-2011 television season by DreamWorks and 20th Century Fox. Weird. Josh Friedman was supposed to write the pilot. I wonder what happened there. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, like, I can see this being on Fox. Like, that kind of makes sense. Because Fox is, like, where Glee came from. Fox is where Brooklyn Nine-Nine started. So the original people for the pilot included, like, Jesse McCartney. And... Odd. Yes. Uh, I don't honestly know who any of these other people are. Jesse, Jesse McCartney. McCartney was the only one that I saw that I knew. Uh, Does Jesse McCartney act? Yeah. In what? <laughs> Not a lot. Uh, I let's thought he see. just was like a one-hit wonder. Well, okay. So he had his music career. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Acting career. Oh, yeah, he was in Fear of the Walking, Fear the Walking Dead for a little bit. Oh. I remember that. Um, young and Hungry. He did a little bit of acting. Not really. It's bizarre. But that's interesting that he was picked to be in this show. Probably, I would assume, as the brother, Ryan. Tyler, not Ryan. The pilot was not given a series order by Fox, though it was screened at the 2011 San Diego Comic Con. Weird. It weird. doesn't really explain any, like, why they didn't pick it up. But, you know, I kind of feel like it is, Netflix is such a great place for shows like this to mm-hmm. take off. So I'm, I'm glad, you know, and I'm frankly glad that they didn't use that group of actors and they went with the people they went with. Yeah. May 9th, 2016, it was reported that IDW Entertainment was developing a television series adaptation of Lock and Key again. Joe Hill was expected to write the pilot and serve as an executive producer, uh, which I believe he ended up doing with this show. On April 20th, 2017, it was two days before my wedding, it was announced that Hulu was given the production a pilot order. Weird. So why did it move to Netflix? On May 29th, 2018, it was reported that production was in final negotiations with Netflix for a series order. Netflix was reportedly planning on redeveloping the property and discarding the prior pilot ordered by Hulu due to scheduling conflicts. Andy Muschetti, who uh, he was supposed to be the director, I guess, uh, was not expected to direct the production's new pilot, but would continue to serve as uh, executive producer. Uh, production companies involved with the new iteration of the project were set to include genre arts, IDW Entertainment. Uh, July 25th, it was announced that Netflix had officially been given the production, had officially given the production a series order for the first season. Okay, so it took like a year and a half to make, and there you go. That's interesting that it got passed around so much. I wonder why. That's wild. I guess that happens sometimes. I know I don't really know too much about like the back end of the making of shows, but glad it was made. Let's see. Uh, again, they announced the release of the show in 2019 on Netflix, and then again it was released uh, February 7th. The series so far has received mixed to positive reviews. With the score, set design, visual effects being singled out as highlights of the show, I would 100% agree mm-hmm. the visual effects are really good yeah. in this show. I love it. Especially, I just love all the colors, especially when they go into people's heads. Like, mm-hmm. it's very colorful. I just love the cinematography. It's, I think, yeah, very well done. And I would agree the soundtrack is really good. Yeah. I love, and, and I have, because I'm old and I have subtitles on my TV, it will always tell you when, like, who sang the song that's playing in the mm-hmm. background so i'd be like oh like this artist i like that so i was i was very impressed with that as well it's funny that you said the thing about stranger things because usa today claimed that the show was nearly as strong a debut as stranger things was in 2016 but really? it needed a few tweaks to jump the hurdle between good and great like what i don't know yeah i don't i don't know uh there's not a lot that i didn't like about it no i agree i think you know it's just with these with these pilot seasons sometimes you know they're not always gonna have 100 percent positive reviews Mm -hmm. but obviously this has opened up to a second season so who knows what will happen in season two uh rotten tomatoes has given the first season a 70 percent approval rating which is great average rating of 6.67 out of 10 the consensus consensus oh my god 
The consensus reads, though lock and key at times struggles to strike a consistent tone, I would agree with that a little bit, it captures enough of the essence of its source material to provide a fiendishly fun and sufficiently spooky time. I think that's a pretty fair consensus of it. All right, well, let's get into our review of of the show. Uh, Nina, what, what would you give it and why? I think I would give it um, a four out of five. Okay. I would say that because I think it was off a little bit to a slow start um, in the first episode. Really, it captures you at the very end of the episode when you finally realize like what's happening. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, what, but I can see why it would be kind of slow. It's, it's definitely setting the scene for everything. Yeah. Family moves to a new city. You just don't know like literally anything, yeah. which is also very strange that all of these like nobody really cared to ever know what Rendell's like family was like or yeah I don't or his friends from maybe back he home. was just like super just like don't want to talk about it yeah know. that would be super red flaggy to me if that was my husband or yeah, father true but, yeah um I just think that it maybe was off to a little bit of a slow start some of the episodes seemed pretty long to me I think it ran what it was it was like 45 minutes to an hour per episode yeah but some of them like so much happened in each episode that it seemed really long um yeah I think it maybe needed more than 10 episodes I I would agree I would also give it a four out of five because again I loved the soundtrack I thought the music mm-hmm. was great I thought that the just the story itself was fun and whimsical um and the cinematography and the special effects were amazing, especially like when Bodhi turns into a cute little ghost. Like I loved that. That was <laughs> so like cool. I just I loved the special effects. But I would agree that it it felt like so much was jam packed into ten episodes that it could have been longer, mm-hmm. maybe not as long of episodes, or just you know maybe like thirteen episodes or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like I I would agree that it was a little jam packed. It's kind of hard to start because. It is, you really have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. It doesn't give you a lot of information in the beginning, but I'm glad because you learn so much as the show goes on. By the end, everything makes sense. I don't really think there's anything that's like, wait, they didn't explain that. Like, I I feel like it's by the end, everything's resolved except for obviously, you know, the cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. One thing I didn't like that I thought was kind of weird was, and I guess it makes sense in the end. But Kinsey's in this like love triangle with Scott and Gabe and she has that scene in like the second to last episode where so she's like with Scott but then he kind of blows her off after the whole cave incident then she and Gabe start like hanging out and they kiss and so then she like confronts them both and she's like hey I don't want to choose between you I want to date you both I just thought that was kind of weird was super weird. I was like, what, what is, what is the point of this? But I guess Gabe had to kind of insert himself because he was not a real person. He mm-hmm. was an echo. Well, and it so. kind of goes back to, which we, we kind of um, breezed over that at one point Dodge is just being herself. You know, it's actually, yeah. oh, what's his name? Tyler. Tyler. No. Oh yeah. That scene where like Tyler's at that party. Yeah. So he's like she, getting like, trashed. Party, yeah. And I thought that he had seen Dodge at this point. No. But he, I guess not. Yeah. They, so, they talk about the well lady, but he's never seen her. Seen so her he doesn't know. But they like yeah. get drunk together and like a hookup in the back of her car. Right. How old is she supposed to be? I don't know. Is but she the like 30? thing is like very strange it's to me. It's very that weird. He's not like questioning anything about no. it. With everything else that's going on. Yeah. And then he finds a key, one of the keys in her car. And then, yeah, that's when he finally figures out that that's the well lady. But yeah. So that was very weird. So Dodge is pretending to be a couple different people to like infiltrate this family. I am just, and maybe they don't want to give away how many like personas she had that early on, but like, why did she show up as this like 30 year old woman to a high school party and nobody was like, who is this? Right. You know, that that whole part was weird. Mm-hmm. Some of the like side stories of, of the teens was kind of eh, was kind of weird. Yeah. Kind right. of pulled away from the main story. Yeah, that's fair, too. But uh, I, I do have a lot of unanswered questions, though, from the season. So really? I'm anxious. What? Like, anxious like for what? Season two. Um why why is dodge a lady in the first place 
True. Yeah, because Dodge is Lucas. So yeah, why did he right. choose a female baby? Because that's kind of his like go-to persona is to be this female maybe person. because she's like attractive and she can easily like yeah. woo people into doing what she wants. Maybe? Did Ellie get Lucas locked down there? How how didn't how did Ellie get Lucas locked down in the well? True. Yeah, I have no idea. And like, how was she suddenly able to get out? Because all of a sudden she's like out of it. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah, I guess there's a couple of things that you're like, what? But nothing super glaring. Yeah. That is like, this completely like makes me not understand the story at all. Yeah. Oh, nothing that makes me not understand the story. I just like have like little weird questions. Like how was she able to be in that picture in Rundle's yeah. office? How? I don't know. Because she's not a person. She's a demon. Demon she can manifest in any way she wants to or they i did think that was funny there was a line that scott he was like he she non-binary demon i thought that was funny (laughs) that was a little fun little jab yes uh no yeah i'm excited i mean has it been renewed for season two do we know i don't know but i would imagine it's pretty open-ended at the end of season one so i would imagine that it will be seeing a season two i would hope so yeah because i mean how they're gonna can't, get Ellie out of that abyss? You can't leave it open like that. We need to know. We need. We have questions. We want answers. Um, but anyway, guys, that was Lock and Key. Again, I apologize. It was kind of all over the place, but uh, it's definitely a show I recommend you watch if you haven't yet. I was really hoping that Lane could have joined us on this episode, but different times. Uh, so. Again, we will keep you guys updated on on the podcast, what's coming next, and hopefully we can continue to provide you guys with some new episodes that you can listen to. Um, as always, let us know if you have any ideas of anything that you want to watch, but um, anything that you want us to review, sorry. Um, but until then, keep on streaming. See you next time. And stay safe and wash your hands. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming.